slithers or a hulls or something, uh-huh. you have it in your mouth, mm-hmm. and then you crunch down. Whenever I crunch down, I have the most vivid vision of my teeth making that noise. Oh, no. <laughs> and so it, in my mind, like, psychologically, I know it's the candy, uh-huh. but I feel it's my teeth. No, oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, every time I bite down the hard candy, I come. <laughs> no. No. So now, for you and the listeners at home, next time you, like, bite down on a hard candy, it makes that, like, horrible crunching, crackling noise. Imagine it's your teeth. Uh, send us an email about your experience <laughs> with hard candy. Uh, unstableuniverses.gmail.com Unstable Universe is the podcast where we ruin two of your favorite fandoms at once. I'm Alana Hopper. And I'm Evan Rowell. <laughs> and my teeth are doing okay. Yeah, mine are too. When was the last time you brushed your teeth? This morning. Me too. Nice. Wow. We're clean. <laughs> <laughs> so, what the hell is this podcast? Uh, basically, what we do is we... I don't know what we do. What do we do, Evan? <laughs> This is the podcast where we randomly generate fanfiction crossovers. Crossovers. We have our random tandem fandoms generator. Yeah. We, we uh, you know, do some intense calculations. We get our random tandem fandoms. That's two fandoms and a tag. Which last week was Paranorman Tomb Raider Game Show. Which was rough. Oh, yeah, it was. So hard. Those don't belong together at all. I don't know. My thing was, I kept trying to plan it out, and I was like, okay, well, this isn't working at all. I just want to give up on this. And then I just started writing. And so I wrote, like, 200 words of her just being mean to her butler. Oh. <laughs> and then I, and then after I had, like, a natural chapter break, and I went into the game show, and I'm like, you know what? I can just cut out those 200 words with the butler. So that's what I did. And it still ended up being, like, 1,300 words. My so. problem was I just know nothing about Tomb Raider other than Girl Indiana Jones. Yeah. So I was just like, how does that work with an 11-year-old boy that sees ghosts? Yeah. I didn't even use Norman in mine. No? Neil? Yeah. What? Neil? Who's Neil? His fat friend that has hummus. Oh, I didn't use his fat friend. I haven't seen Paranorman. Paranorman is so good. Yeah, I you should watch Paranorman. To... <laughs> okay. I will. I feel like this week would have been the week I'd watch it. We're if gonna, I was gonna skip watch class it. today and watch Paranorman. <laughs> I have important things to do. I don't care. Paranorman's more important. Okay, I, I'll believe you if you truly, truly believe that. No, I don't. Nothing's important. No, we're gonna die anyway. Yeah. We have a suicide pact. Do we? Yeah, I think it's once we turn like twenty-nine, we're both gonna commit suicide. Oh. It's not even, like, if we turn 29 and we're single or anything like that. It's just when we turn 29. I mean, nothing's scarier than turning 30, so... Exactly. So that'll push us over the edge. But my worry is that I turn 29 a full year before you do. Not a full year. Only, like, nine months. Yeah, nine months before you do. That's like a full baby. So you can... (laughs) That's true. So you can back out, technically. Oh, you're gonna kill yourself on your birthday. It's not gonna be like, okay, I'm 29, now we both die. Oh, I guess we could do that. That would make more sense. Or the night before your 30th birthday. Oh, we'd both kill ourselves. Do we want that extra time, though? I don't know. Things might be okay. Yeah, I guess it's true. Think of how much pizza you can eat. Oh, my God. If you don't care about, like, (laughs) your health. Or your banking status. Yeah, exactly. Your financial status. Spend all your money. 
on pizza. Yeah. Put it in your horrible body. Yeah. Almost 30-year-old body. Yeah. And then die. Hello and welcome to the Stable Universe. <laughs> Again. <laughs> we already did this. I know. <laughs> Shall we jump into the fix? Yeah, let's jump into the fix. I have no idea who read first. You read first last time. That's right, I read Luke's. Yeah. So I read first this time. Yeah. Okay, so what's the title for this pick, Evan? Um, mine's called Dead Purdy. Dead Purdy? Yeah. Like okay. Jeopardy, but it's dead. I was gonna name mine after the game show. You still can, as I long guess. as it's not Jeopardy and it's dead. It's not. Well? Okay, so this is Dead Purdy by Evan. Yeah. The beacon on Lara... Is it Lara Croft or Laura? Up to you. I, I would think it's Lara, because there's no U. Yeah. Okay. That, you're gonna say Lara yeah. when you read my... Okay. Unless I accidentally say Laura. Okay. But I mean Lara. <laughs> okay. The beacon on Lara's holographic GPS display began to blink faster as the two explorers closed in on their destination. They passed the crumbled remains of a white stone arch block their passage. Oops, that sentence didn't make sense. <laughs> Much of its engraving lost, but Lara was able to read Sony Pie on one of the larger chunks. After a moment of searching, she found a stable route to climb, followed closely behind by her partner. Finally, they stopped in front of a large gray building, one of the few left standing in these parts. The outer walls were adorned with massive frames, though the images they contained had been sun-bleached beyond recognition. Who could her partner be? I love how vague you're being. I don't know. So much mystery. So, like, I had this weird idea where, like, okay, I want it to be, like, a game show, but it also still has to be, like, Tomb Raider-y, so what's the way to do that? Apocalypse. Everything's fucked. Oh, cool. So, like, I'm describing, like, the Sony Pictures lot where a game show or two are filmed. Oh! But, but clever. it's all dead. That's clever. You really think he's going to be in there? Norman asked, his eyes darting around in search of anything ghostly. His tracker says he is. So he is. Lara responded matter-of-factly. She removed a crowbar from her backpack and slowly wrenched open the rusted steel lock holding the door shut. The door swung open, leading to pitch blackness. They both turned on flashlights. Lara attached hers to one of her pistols. Yeah, she loves those pistols. Mm-hmm. Does she use them? <laughs> Maybe. No. No, she doesn't. No. Spoiler alert. I was hoping for some gunslinging action. No. None of that. It's just kind of sad. Oh. Okay. They nodded to each other, and with that, they headed into the building. They wandered through the darkness, guided only by the thin beams of light and Lara's holographic map. The beacon flashed at a feverish pace as they made their way deeper into the void. Their flashlights danced across the walls and down corridors until they found themselves facing a door. It was metal with faded paint letters reading, Studio 10. Do you know what's filmed in Studio 10 on the Sony Pictures lot? Is it Jeopardy? Whoa! Whoa! How'd you figure that one out? <laughs> did you know all this or did you have to research Oh, 100% this? I had to look that up. Oh. I feel like that's the kind of random thing you would know, though. Oh, yeah, Studio 10. He's just behind this door, Lara whispered. 
She holstered her guns to get a good two-handed yank on the sturdy door. The first pull made very little progress, but with the second tug, the door swung open as if someone holding the other side of the door had just released their grip. Ooh, spooky. Norman and Lara swept the room in front of them with their flashlights, revealing an auditorium. Rows upon rows of seating facing a wide stage, a single podium on the left, three on the right. Lara's flashlight lingered on the set of three podiums, noticing something different about the leftmost one. At the sound and the light, something jerked upwards from behind the podium. Norman fell backwards in shock, landing in one of the audience seats. Lara, however, realized what the movement was immediately. Father, she cried out, rushing towards the stage. I knew you were alive. So this is from the move, the 2018 movie canon where her dad is just missing and presumed dead for the past seven years. As opposed to most of the other Tomb Raider canons where they're straight up dead. Okay. Yeah, you were asking me about canon, and I'm like, there's nothing canon in my story. She just punches things. <laughs> That's fair. That's probably more interesting than what the fuck I wrote. <laughs> Norman stood and quickly followed behind her, not wanting to stray too far from her protection. They rushed over to Lara's father, onto the stage and behind the podiums. Lara, honey, you need to get out of here. Just leave. I can't come with you. It's a trap. The older man rambled. He was uncapped, to say the least. His pants torn and faded, his shirt had lost all but one button, and the undershirt below was stained yellow from sweat. Ew. His hair and beard were long and matted, nearly to the point of dreadlocks. Cool. Lara's eyes finally fell on his right hand, wrapped tightly around a thin, pen-like apparatus, with his thumb placed firmly on the button adorning the top. Let it go, Dad. We can get out of here, Lara cried. She tried to wrench the device from her father's hand, but it wouldn't budge. He wasn't just holding tightly onto it. It was stuck to his hand. It's so stupid. Like, glued? You'll see. In that moment, everything around them came to life. The other... The utter blackness of the studio was quickly overtaken by a series of flashing lights beaming down onto the stage. A raucous applause exploded from behind them. Norman whirled around to see that the seating they had just been standing among was now filled to capacity with translucent people. Norman's heart dropped. A booming voice from above spoke even louder than the cheers. This is Jeopardy! I don't know how... How do they announce... It's like, this is Jeopardy! This is Jeopardy! Today's contestants are a Tomb Raider from Wimbledon, England... <laughs> England. Igloo. <laughs> I can't read! Wimbledon Igloo. <laughs> England, Lara Croft. A spotlight shone down on Lara. She winced at the brightness, her eyes still not having yet adjusted from pitch black. She reached out to the podium to steady herself, but she found her hand resting on another of the devices her father was holding. Oh no, how convenient. It stuck fast, impossible to remove from her hand. Oh boy. Oh no. Laura, no. Her father began to weep in front of her. A paranormal expert that saved his hometown from a witch. From Blythe Hollow, Massachusetts, Norman Babcock. The spotlight swept from Lara to Norman. He felt the eyes of hundreds of ghosts bearing down on him. His hand trembled as he reached out and took the apparatus from the podium. <laughs> he just does it. I, I didn't have an excuse. He just does it. He commits to the bit. Okay. The disembodied voice from above continued. 
and our returning champion, an archaeologist that has been presumed dead for the last seven years from Wimbledon, England, Richard Croft. And now, here's the host of Jeopardy, Alex Trebek. The crowd of ghosts in the seats suddenly went silent. Laura and Norman looked across the stage to the single podium to see another ghost fade into view. I'm glad that you used the actual host of the game show. Yeah. Who else would it be? I also used game show host. Hi, folks. He smiled and waved to the audience. This is another special episode of our Survivor Series. Only the winner lives. Richard Croft has beaten every opponent we've thrown at him. So let's see how he fares today. The joviality of Trebek's words twisted Norman's stomach in knots. The show started off slowly. None of the three contestants were willing to answer questions, choosing instead to let the timer buzz. The ghost of Alex Trebek was clearly getting frustrated, but the audience would never be able to tell from his voice. It would appear our contestants have been stunned silent by the rules of the Survivor Series, he said jauntily. But I will remind them that a three-way tie means three losers, and therefore three ghosts. I hope that rouses the quest for victory in all of you. Now... On to the next question. This is real stupid. Did you tell? <laughs> a little bit. I feel like it's gonna get darker. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? The three unwilling contestants shared a worried glance, but the game pressed on. Now the contestants, compelled to answer questions, did so with some success, though Laura and Richard were much more successful given their expensive education. And Norman is an 11-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that sentence. <laughs> Finally, the board was cleared. Richard was in the lead, though Laura was close behind. In a feeble third place, threatening to enter the negatives, was Norman. Alex called for a commercial break, despite the fact that this was not being aired, and faded away from behind his podium. Norman, said Laura, her voice shaking slightly. You need to win. I found my father. That's all I ever wanted. And we can be together now. Catch up on old times, even if it's us ghosts. You need to live on. Richard nodded in solemn agreement. I tried so hard to make it not sound like Laura wanted to fuck her dad. Okay, like, but, we can be together. But, okay, yeah, that was fine. I didn't get that impression. Okay, good. What confuses me is that they're obviously beaten, this young boy. But only one of them can survive. So if, like, the dad they wins, then he has to kill his da- daughter. But they want Norman to win. Yeah. So why are they answering questions? They just... Why are they answering questions correctly? They just got to formulate the plan together. Okay. Oh, so they didn't have the plan before. No, this is why... They had to wait for the commercial break so that Alex wouldn't hear them discuss it. Oh, okay. Before Norman could protest, Alex Trebek appeared behind his podium once again and a roar came from the crowd. The second round began, and both Richard and Lara intentionally answered incorrectly to lose their accumulated winnings. I have a question. Yeah. At the end of Jeopardy, can't you just, like, bet all your money? Yeah. And then if you answer it wrong, just... Lose all your money? Yeah. Yeah. So they can just do that. There's no They do that, too. Oh, they okay. do it, too. Okay. <laughs> Norman answered as best as he could, which was still mediocre at best, but he quickly took the lead with his opponent's help. The final Jeopardy question was difficult, but Norman only bet one dollar, while Richard and Laura bet it all, each with a wrong answer. 
Congratulations, Norman. You're a new champion of the Survivor Series. Do you have anything to say to your opponents before they die gruesomely? Trebek said. <laughs> Norman shed a tear and shook his head no. Oh, baby. He's an 11-year-old boy. I know. Richard and Lara dropped through trapdoors behind the podium. Norman didn't want to see it, so he looked out into the crowd. After just a moment, two new audience members faded into view. Once he recognized, the cross sat in the front row, now translucent and blue. We'll see you next time on Jeopardy! Survivor Series. Good night, folks, Trebek concluded. Just as he finished his sign-off, all the lights and the music shut off. Trebek and the audience of ghosts were gone. Norman was alone in the silence in the dark. He sat behind his podium, his hand still stuck fast to the buzzer. Then he heard a noise, something familiar. The noise of the studio door opening. Above the podium, a beam of light shone. Norman stood and looked out into the rows of seats, but he couldn't see the face behind the flashlight until a voice called out, Norman? It was his best friend, Neil, and his sister, Courtney. They ran towards him, jumping on the stage and around the podiums. Wait, don't, Norman cried out, but it was too late. The lights came on, the music played, the ghost crowd cheered, and over it all, he heard a booming voice say, This is Jeopardy! The end. How bad was that? It had an idea, which I appreciated. It wasn't, like, horrible, horrible. It wasn't... Good. Elsa Daredevil bad. No, that's true. Nothing can ever be that bad. <laughs> I don't know. It had an idea. Things happened. It was kind of interesting. I it skipped didn't... the game show part. Yeah, you did, but... <laughs> I didn't want to just be like... It was already 1,500 words. Yeah, I know. It I... did not feel that long I didn't want it to just be like, and then Laura answered a question, and then Norman answered a question, but was wrong. Yeah. I can't believe that was 1,500 words. Listen, it really didn't feel that long. I'm a great author. So even my bad shit is fantastic. But it's also like, it didn't seem like enough happened to work oh, a thousand nothing happened. Words. I explained a lot. The game show didn't start until 900 words in. Really? Yeah. It was good, though. I enjoyed it. I'm sure somebody on fanfiction.net will find it exactly their niche kink. <laughs> or whatever the fuck. We've been getting a lot of response from fanfiction.net. And AO3. And AO3. It makes me really happy. I've been DMing this one girl. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. She should come on the podcast. She should. Because she was the one who commented on my what happened to read thing. Uh-huh. Like, right as we were recording the fancy version of it. Mm-hmm. And so I sent her the fancy version. I'm like, hey, you can listen to this if you want. We did, like, an audio version of that fic you said you really liked. And she commented back. She's like, I've listened to it twice, and I've enjoyed it even more the second time. And it was, like, so nice. And she's like, it's so funny. I don't know if it's supposed to be a crack fic or not. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. It's, it's, a, it's a crack fic. <laughs> oh, man. So, what is your fic called? I see it, the the doc has a title. Oh, but I think that that's just the first sentence of the... Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> um. Oh, God. I just read who, who the host is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, can I just go with the title of the game show? It's go such a it. cop-out. Yeah. Okay. I guess the title is Beat the Witch. Ooh. I can't wait. This is Beat the Witch. <laughs> 
by Alana. <laughs> that sounds like mean. This is Beat the Bitch by Alana. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was thinking of. All right. Well, this is Beat the Witch by Alana. Last, last chance to change it? No. Okay. Oh, can I tell you what my original idea was? Yeah. Originally, it was supposed to be called Witch's Witch. That's and it fun. was going to be, like, three people, and they had to, like, compete to find out which one was a witch. Okay, so it's, like, to tell the truth. Maybe? I don't know. I've never seen to tell the truth. Three people are like, I'm a witch, and then someone else is like, I'm a witch, and the third person's like, I'm a witch, and then, like, two contestants have to figure out which one the witch is. But it's not always a witch. It's like oh. a... Firefighter? It's like, or... hey... I was I hold the world record for fastest Rubik's cube, and then like you get to ask them questions about like, so like what's your technique and blah 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 and a whole bunch of bullshit. Oh, okay. So you can figure out like who has the best answers, and then vote for them. And if you get it right, you win. Oh, that's interesting. See, mine wasn't gonna be like that. Mine was just gonna be like you have to guess which one's a witch while also competing in an agility course. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this but like, was it like Monty Python like witch tests where you have to see if she weighs more than a duck or whatever it is? Yeah, yeah. Essentially, it was just like real stupid. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. So you switched it to Beat, Beat the, the Witch, witch. <laughs> by Alana. And welcome back to Beat the Witch. My name is Steve Harvey, and I'm your new host. Before we begin. Let's take a moment of silence to remember all of our past hosts. Steve Harvey and every member of the audience bowed their head in memory as short video clips of the witch killing the hosts one by one played on a pro- large projector. 21 pilots played in the background. Which song? Heathens? Heathens. Definitely heathens. As the light came back on at full force, the audience focused their attention on the huge red door in the center of the stage. An air horn went off and fog covered the stage. Pew, 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 pew. Thanks for the sound effects. I can't make air horn sound effects. Neither can I. Oh my, it sounds like it's time for us to introduce this week's guest. She's a multi-billionaire world traveler who has been on the show twice before, but she has never beaten the witch. This girl hopes that the third time is a charm. Please put your hands together and welcome to be- the Beat the Witch stage, Ms. Laura Croft. This totally isn't, like, how Steve Harvey talks, though. No, but that's okay. But, like, just imagine the mustache. I mention his name enough that they'll remember it's Steve Harvey. The air horn went off again as the red doors screeched open, and Lara walked to the center of the stage. She wore cargo booty shorts and a gray tank top, which complemented her side holsters very well. It was too bad that guns were banned. The crowd went wild at the sight of her erect nipples pushing through her bra and her shirt fabric. Well, because... Why? Okay, because that outfit is from the video game. Right. Where she has very pointy boobs. Okay. So you have to imagine that her nipples are like those points on the boobs. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Unlike other contestants, Lara did not smile and wave. She remained stoic and focused. So, Lara, I know that you already know how this works, because you've been here before. But I still have to explain it for all the folks at home. When the air horn goes off, this platform is going to rise with me and Lara on it. Another platform is going to rise at the same time, revealing the witch. Lara's job is to keep me alive through ten zombie hordes sent from the witch. Once she does that, her only goal is then to knock the witch off of her platform... 
Now, Lara, I have one question for you, Steve Harvey said. Are you ready to do it with me? Beat the witch! The audience screamed at the top of their lungs. See, that's an accurate way of using scream. Yeah. Laura gave a conservative nod, and dapper man Steve Harvey stepped closer to her in fright. The air horn echoed through the soundstage, and their platform began to rise. The loud screeching of gears and hydraulics working their hardest made Laura clench her jaw and made illiterate fool Steve Harvey cover his ears. The stage clicked into place, revealing an abandoned gymnasium with Laura under one basketball hoop and the witch under the other. The witch was a young brunette in a drab, brownish-gray, olden-style dress. Her eyebrows were bushy, and her hair horribly flat. Agatha was her name. Lara knew all too well. We meet again, Lara, the young girl shouted across the way. It appears so, Lara called back. Are you ready to begin? A mischievous glint caught Agatha's eyes as they narrowed. Oh, I'm always ready. With that, she spread her hands out and screamed. Rotting floorboards were pushed up as the first wave of zombies emerged from the ground. Lara walked five yards forward before settling down into a power squat. Yep. What are you doing, stupid girl? called American sweetheart Steve Harvey. Go fight the damn things. But Lara didn't move an inch. Instead, she waited for the slow, stumbling zombies to make their way over to her. Your new technique isn't going to help very much, taunted Agatha. My waves are set on a timer so the show doesn't run long. Agatha let out a chaotic chortle that shook Steve Harvey to his very soul. Banging echoes throughout the gym as even more zombies broke through the floor. They scrambled with arms and legs bent at unnatural angles to gain purchase on the slippery polished floor. It's both slippery polished and rotting. Yeah, I noticed that when I was writing it, but I didn't care. You can polish rotten things, I suppose. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Gross. Lara, help! Everyone's favorite Steve, Steve Harvey, screamed like a little bitch. The bodacious brunette, who was still holding her squat, cast a quick glance back towards the host, only to freeze. Her plan wouldn't work. This time, the zombie horde was emerging from behind the platform, too. She jumped up and tackled Steve Harvey off of the circular platform and towards the corner of the gym. Go, Lara commanded. Steve Harvey obeyed, but didn't look happy about being told what to do. Especially by a woman. Especially by a woman. Already, even more zombies were emerging from the ground. What's happening, Lara? You haven't killed a single one of my beautiful creatures, and you're already on wave four. Keep this up and I won't have any room to spawn anymore, laughed Agatha gleefully. A light bulb went off above Laura's head. Fuck, I did it. I said Laura. A light bulb went off above Laura's head. She had an idea. Doing a quick scan of the gymnasium floor, Laura saw an untouched spot surrounded by... Holes that zombies had dug. She picked up lovable talk show host Steve Harvey and arranged him in a fireman's carry. Pushing past the zombie, she made her way to that little island oasis. When she was close enough, she threw him ungracefully onto the untouched wood. Known rubber man Steve Harvey bounced as he hit the floor. (laughs) Now Lara was free to deal with the zombie horde without having to worry about killing the most loved man in America, Steve Harvey. (laughs) Do you agree with that? No. Yeah. I don't think anyone does. I do like Steve Harvey, though. Bring it on, Aggie, screamed Lara. And Aggie did indeed bring it on. She overrode her programming and summoned all six zombie hordes at once. 
Lara dropped back down into her power squad and began to kick and punch the zombies closest to her. She grunted with the effort and the disgust of punching the rotten beings. Maggots flew through the air with each attack as more and more zombies emerged. So many were entering that they began to walk through the front door of the gymnasium, which led in a nice, cool breeze. Lara smirked, the cold breeze hardening her nipples, bringing her to her full power. Yeah. You see, I brought it back. It wasn't just like a one-off thing. You know what they say, Chekhov's nips. It's over now, she whispered to herself. Picking up one of the wooden beams, Lara swung it around over and over until she was dizzy and all of the zombies were dead. Agatha began to slow clap, and the greatest Miss Universe announcer of all time, Steve Harvey, joined in. I agree with that one. Yeah? Yeah. He made it interesting. I only know one Yeah, I can't Miss name a single Universe other one. announcer. <laughs> This was a bad move because it caused Agatha to remember that he was still alive. She flicked a wrist and a zombie climbed out of the floor and pushed down the bumbling baby boy. <laughs> it's not a baby, what? Pushed down the bumbling baby boy, Steve Harvey. But this time, when he hit the floor, he didn't bounce. He died. You've destroyed all my friends! And now I'm going to destroy you! Laura cut off Agatha. Let's go, pathetic human, Agatha responded coldly. Lara ran forward, dodging the zombie arms, feeling around outside their holes. <laughs> I don't like the way that sounds. You don't like to feel around outside your holes? <laughs> I imagine it's like, you know, sweeping motions? Yeah. Yeah, like that. It just didn't sound right, you know? Looking to grab ankles like a group of kids playing octopus, she climbed onto the round stage and punched Agatha in the face. Ow, hey, I'm just a kid, Agatha said, her eyes filling with tears. Why didn't you shoot me with fire or use telekinesis, Lara asked. I'm not a witch, I'm just a ghost. The producers fill me with so much rage I can't cross over. All I can do is call other dead people to come help me, Agatha cried. Oh, in that case, do you want to come live with me? I've always wanted to adopt a ton of kids. Is that a Angelina Jolie reference? Yes, it oh, is. I'm, I, I caught that. Nice. Agatha gave a happy nod before exploding into a white light. Lara knew that the young girl was finally at peace. The platform lowered and Lara Croft collected her million dollar check. The end. But the point was to keep Steve Harvey alive and Steve Harvey died. No, you have to keep Steve Harvey alive until the end of the ten waves. But then she just summoned more zombies. Yeah, but the wave was over. The hosts aren't supposed to live for more than one episode. That's why they have so many dead hosts. So does the memorial just get longer every episode? <laughs> I think that they cap it off at, like, 25. And so it's like, you get kicked off the memorial at that point. Oh, okay. So yeah, I wrote that on the bus ride over. It was wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> I, I wrote most of it at home. Just had to finish it out. Yeah, exactly. You could really tell, eh? No. Yeah? Like, when was the pivot? When did I start writing on the... Yeah, what did you start on the bus? I think when she pushed down Steve Harvey. <laughs> he didn't bounce. And he didn't bounce. He died. <laughs> that might be the new meme <laughs> for Unstable Universe. Just, he didn't bounce. He died. I like that. I've been killing off a lot of people in my fix recently. Yeah, I killed a couple people off. You did. We're both going to have major character death warnings ours. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I write it, even if it's, like, something stupid, like, I don't know. Like the McPoyles getting vaporized? Yeah, I have to write major character death as, like, the major warning. Right. And then I'm like, 
But, it, but it's stupid. But it's stupid. But technically it is, you know? With our fix red and Steve Harvey dead. Nice. Let's move on to random tandem fandoms. Random tandem fandoms. Oh, Anna, what, what is random tandem fandoms? Random tandem fandoms is the second of our two-segment show in which we generate our fanfiction crossover and our tag for next week. That is right. Do I hit the button? I feel yeah. like you haven't done it in a while. I haven't done it in, like, quite a while. Drum roll, please. That's good. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Fucking Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, Thomas the Tank Engine, Murder Mystery. That's a good one. Oh, man. There's so many, so many options. See, I know that you and I both complain about mixing cartoons with real life. You complain about that. I'm fine with it. You complained about it this week. I didn't complain about it this week. They're both cartoons. This week? Yeah. Lorecraft is a kitty video game. Oh, yes. That's a cartoon. I mean, I based mine off of the live-action movie, but there's so much CGI, it's basically a cartoon. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like this one won't be bad because they're both, like, kids' things. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes oh, sense. Oh, no, this week you were complaining that it was, like, an old woman with, like, an 11-year-old stop-motion kid. Did you know that they were the first movie to use 3D printed faces? No, but that, that makes sense. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah, right? So, uh, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, tell me about it. Um, it is two twins. Right. Zack and Cody. No way. Dylan and Cole Sprouse. Mm-hmm. They live in a hotel, the Tipton. Right. And there's Maddie, yeah. who works at the candy counter. There's London Tipton, who just lives there. Their mom, uh-huh. who's a singer. Yep. There's Arwen. Who's the janitor? Yeah. There's Esteban, the bellhop, and there's Miriam Mosby, who's the concierge. Is he the concierge or is the he manager? Like the manager? Maybe the manager? Maybe the manager. Oh. But they get into shenanigans in the fancy hotel. That's right. And then there was a spinoff show where instead of being on a hotel, they were on a cruise ship. Yeah. On deck. S- Sweet life on deck. Not as good. Definitely not. Because they, they were too old at that point. Yeah, they were like graduating high school at the end of that show. Yeah. But uh, Cole Sprouse pointed out that, like, he's playing the same age... He he played the same age on Sweet Life on Deck as he is currently playing in Riverdale. Riverdale. <laughs> That's so fucked up. He doesn't look that old, though. No, but, like... He but doesn't he look like he belongs in high school. Like high None school of them weird. do. No. If any of those people were in a high school... I'd be like, okay, that's a substitute teacher. Right? Yeah. A very attractive substitute teacher. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Thomas the Tank Engine is a children's program about trains with faces, really. Yeah. And there's Thomas, he's blue. There's Percy, who's green. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know any others. There's Mr. Top Hat, who is a man and has a top hat. Okay. I have no clue about Thomas the Tank Engine. Did I ever show you that terrifying porn fanfic that my girlfriend showed me that's Thomas the Tank Engine? Probably not. Oh, it, like, it figures out how, like, logistically two trains would have sex. Oh, really? Like, very just logically, methodically, how would a train have sex with another train? Jesus. But then it also has, like, fanfiction porn stuff where, you know. They fuck. They, yeah, they bang. 
Have I shown you the picture where it's like Thomas the Tank Engine, but it's like see-through and you can see the person yes, inside? I've seen that and it is upsetting. It is upsetting. Murder mystery. Murder mystery. Someone gets murdered and then they have to solve it. So, I'm happy with this crossover. Oh, so am I. And I think our special guest for next week will be, too. Ooh, tease. I wonder who it is. Ooh. I don't know if he wants us to say his name or if he wants to go by a pseudonym. I don't know. So, we're not going to say who it is. Yeah. It's you just know. a tease. We have a guest next week. Even though I've definitely said it on, the po- uh, on here before during this record, but I'm going to cut all those out. That's okay. So, thank you guys for listening this week. If you want to read either of our fics, you can check it out on fanfiction.net or AO3. If you want to submit your fix, you can send it either through our Gmail, which is unstableuniverses at gmail.com, or you can send it to us on social media. Our Twitter is unpodcast, and our Facebook is unstableuniverses. We also have a Tumblr! We have a Tumblr. Have you done anything with it? I, I think I've reblogged some stuff. I haven't posted anything original yet. It's time to start posting our fix. Yeah. And it's, I believe, unstableuniverses.tumblr.com? Something like that. Yeah. You can find us. I believe in you. Yeah. And so, thank you for listening. Yeah. I've been Alana Hopper. And I've been Evan. Just Evan. I'm going to share now. I only oh, have one I name. love it. I love it a lot. Okay. Bye bye. See you next week.